I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Kick it into high gear here and introduce our guest. Uh, really excited about this one. Our guest is uh, from here in Calgary, but we actually had a chance to talk to him uh, a little while back in Halifax. He happened to be in the city. Um, so give a, give a massive Calgary round of applause for our guest tonight, Adam DeLore. Come right up on that mic. Yeah, get, get right, like, get make get, friends with it. Yeah, into yeah, it. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love um, it, Adam. When we last saw you, you it, it, this is fucking crazy. When we last saw you, you didn't have a pulse. No, and and it's not because you were dead and we had to revive you, which actually you guys had to do at the Calgary Airport. Holy shit! That, that's another story for another day. Okay, <laughs> um, but you you didn't have a pulse because <laughs> your heart stopped working. And you needed a machine on the outside of your body called an LVAD? Yeah, no, there was a pump inside my left ventricle, and then I had the, uh, the control cable come out of my stomach, and I wore like a fanny pack thing, like four-pound fanny pack that was a controller and the batteries and everything for that pump. Um, yeah, my, I, was in, I was in heart failure. Like I first went into heart failure at the age of 13, then again at 33, 35, it was either a heart or the LVAD. So I, uh, I got the LVAD installed at that point in time. So the LVAD is like, it, like it, just describe to people how this works, because it, it, it really blew my mind that, you know, we were sitting with you, and like if, I, like if, we, if we put our hand, our, our fingers, like, you know, that, that whole like, ch- check his pulse, uh, and, and put our fingers, like that's what people say, they're like, check his pulse, and put our <laughs> yeah. fingers on your say, pulse. Check it, check it. There was no pulse. No, you were sitting there talking to us, and it's like, yeah, I don't have a heartbeat. Yeah, no, because the pump was continuous. It spun, it spun at uh, 2,700 RPM. So, like, it pushed the blood so fast that my heart was still beating, just flailing along like, a, like someone's sitting on an electric bicycle, and the electric bicycle's doing all the work, but they're still paddling and thinking they're exercising. <laughs> 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 my heart's a dummy. Uh, my old heart. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so it, it just pushed the blood so fast that my heart wasn't registering, like, uh, you couldn't feel what my heart was doing, yeah. And what was the deal with the, with the heart failure? Like, why you had it when you were, like, you said when you were 13? Yeah, I was born with a disease called cardiomyopathy, uh, irregular heart muscle. So, um, yeah, like some people uh, find out later on in life, I just, for some reason, went into heart failure at the age of 13. Like, yeah. and, that, and that's, more, that's more rare. Like, you would usually go along, not really know, have no, not really many issues, yeah. and then, like, something bad would happen later. Yeah, yeah, like, um, well, I was, I was, I'm from Nova Scotia originally. I live out here in Calgary now. But, um, yeah, so I, I went into the IWK, and then I was the only four, there was only four of us in Atlantic Canada under the age of 16 that had cardiomyopathy at the time, right? So Pretty so, rare. Yeah, it was pretty rare. Pretty yeah. rare. 
So when, uh, Adam, when you came in to talk to us, you um, were expecting to be on the transplant list for almost a, a, up, up to a year. And it, it was seeming like it was going to be a really long time until you got your transplant. But it happened really quickly. Like, it was, how long was it from when we spoke until, how, how long was it from the point that you got the LVAD um, put into you un, until you actually had the transplant? I got the LVAD put in uh, November 4th, uh, 2016 here at Foothills, and then um, I didn't list right away, like uh, what they want you to do is recover for a bit and um, get stronger. The whole point of the LVAD, like I recovered quicker from transplant than I did from the LVAD surgery. By list, do you mean like put on the list yeah, yeah, to like I, receive a heart later? Exactly, yeah, like I didn't list for a heart because I was going to list in January and then I got the Halifax Comedy Festival, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do that first and then I'll list when I get back to Calgary. <laughs> Priorities, man. Priorities. Yeah, right? I, I got a career developer. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, and I spoke to you guys while I was at the festival. And then when I came back, I listed on, uh, I think, May, May 29th. And then I, uh, I got the call on uh, June 15th. I remember that because I was in the hospital and, and I got a message. I can't remember if it was from you or from your wife. And, you were like, and she was like, Adam just got, Adam just got put on the transplant well, list. Well, it was like, probably her. She, I don't refer to myself in my first person, right? So. <laughs> Adam's on a podcast. Adam, Adam, Adam's getting a heart. <laughs> Adam's driving. <laughs> Adam should not be texting while driving. I remember sitting in the hospital bed and being like, that's awesome. I, I was on heavy drugs. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I just fell asleep. Let, let's take it back a little bit, just to like kind of give a, a bit of a uh, bit of coverage in case people didn't hear the episode. Also, I, I did the episode with you, and I, I don't fucking remember um, you. <laughs> not because I'm an asshole, just because I don't I don't think I get enough oxygen to the brain. I can't remember <laughs> shit. <clears throat> you, you so you had this this heart disease at at a young age, and this like. Is this genetic or is this just, you know, because, like, you started drinking at three and... <laughs> I started drinking at two, first off. Right, right, right. And secondly, yeah, no, it was a hereditary disease. I had a couple of distant cousins who had the same thing. And it's the same as when I was, uh, when I got sick, when I was, I got sick at 13. And then by the time I was 15, they screened every cousin I had. Like, everyone came up to Halifax. There was, like, 50 of us. And they did ultrasounds and everybody trying to see if anybody else had it. Oh wow! I didn't. Oh, I don't know if we talked about that. No, before. we didn't talk about that. So like time. basically, they found it and they found it in you, and they're like, "Fuck!" Like everybody else in his family could be at risk. Yeah, to have yeah. this. Yeah. So like, uh, they say it skips a generation. So I'm not worried about my children. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's nice. And that's... I'll probably die before my grandkids, right? So uh, <laughs> it's all good. No worries on my end, right? It likes grand. So um... just like climate change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> so anyway. so, someone's crying in the audience now. <laughs> oh, it's a joke. It's my it's wife. A joke. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, sorry. So you 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 get this you get this disease as, as a kid, and at at what like at what point does it get to a like at what point do you start to realize um, it's it's starting to get really bad? Yeah. No. Look, I bounced back. So. I guess the easiest way to put this is everyone in this room that has a normal heart, the typical ejection fraction is how, like, if you have 100 mils of blood in your heart, how much gets out? The average person is 60%. So when I went into heart failure at 13, I went down to 11%. But then I rebounded to, like, 40, 45. So I was at, like, two-thirds capacity of a regular person. So I didn't really notice it a whole bunch. Like, I still played hockey. I still got out with the boys and partied it up and did everything, lived a normal life until Mm -hmm. when I... 
33, that's when I went into heart failure again. How did you bounce back? Was that like a medication-based thing? Yeah, yeah. Treatment? Uh, beta blockers, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Carvedilol, I think, was the... <laughs> Novametoprol. There was all these different drugs that they put me on. Because they were, they were playing guess and check at that time, right? They didn't know how to treat me. Right. And I was fortunate that I got the right drugs, I guess. And so you just take a bunch of... You just, they'd give you something, you'd see if it worked. If it didn't, you'd get another drug. Yeah, yeah. And then when I switched from the, uh, from the children's hospital to the adult hospital, because like, uh, we, we went to see the adult doctor... The adult doctor was going through all my medications. He's like, wow, Nova Metaprol, you should not be on this drug. And me and my mom were in the office. like, well, you know, what's the deal? He's like, well, can you get an erection? And I was like, not with mom in the office. Like, seriously. Like, <laughs> I'm 14. I'm pretty, I'm pretty trigger-friendly here, but shit, mom's here, right? So, uh, trigger-friendly. <laughs> You're like, well, you know, I'm not going to finish that joke. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Do you want me to push you on it a little bit? No. Or? I was going to say something about just taking your temperature in the butt with your mom, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Let's just bypass it. Let's do that. I'm glad you did. It's so. my heart, not my butt. I really yeah, 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 right. Um, I mean, now that we're talking about erections, I'm, I'm kind of uh, obsessed with <laughs> erections. Uh, oh, that was the thing. That was, oh, one, that of, was, your that was big, one of the things I learned. That was your biggest learning. Yeah, actually, you want to hear something interesting? I get an email. This is, did you know this? Hold on. I got an email. And, uh, or did my, any of you know this? Uh, I got an email. I don't know who this is. And this is all the email said. Um, we must have talked about it. We must have asked what it was or something on the podcast. Uh, well, just continue. I'll find it. But did, have you ever, did you, did, like, having a heart issue, did that ever fuck up your boners? No. Well, like, uh, I think we discussed this last time. Like, the pump was inside my left ventricle, but whereas my whole heart was kind of wrecked, like, my right ventricle was really weak as well, the doctors prescribed me Viagra. Like, a lot of people don't understand is that Viagra was originally developed to strengthen your right ventricle, and then the side effects are boners. So, uh, <laughs> but I took like a moderate dose, like three times a day. So it was just like rocking semis all day, right? Like so a, it was, uh, oh. <laughs> you, were, you were like, you were like, I'm just gonna opt into wearing sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you gotta show I'm it off, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of having it if you can't show it? You Something know? with a good waistband on it. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's the email. This is super weird. It actually wasn't sent to us. It was sent to. It was just sent to. Uh, it was sent to Termi on the other podcast I host. But the 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 subject of the email was simply. If iffy phallophobia, and this is all the email said, iffy phallophobia is a morbid fear of seeing, thinking about, or having an erect penis. Just so you know. <laughs> does it? Does that email even say hello? No, there's no hello. There's is nothing. It your own penis it's, or someone else's penis? Like watching someone. I else think get it's hurt. both. I think oh, it's yeah. all of it. I think, I think it's, it's just thinking like, of a giant erect scared, penis. You're scared you. that everyone around you and you will have a boner <laughs> <laughs> at all kind of, times. Uh, so did did you actually did you actually like get a did, like uh, if you have a heart issue and you take Viagra in small doses, does it actually like affect your your Johnson? Uh, well, I don't. Well, here's the thing. Like, I was always a very um, penis. I meant penis. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you always a very erect person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My penis always did work very well. So, um, yeah, the Viagra. I guess. Yeah, I think it did more. But now the new heart seems to do it even more. Right? Like, uh, oh, yeah. I'm a three, four times a day kind of guy right now. Is, uh, <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Round of applause. Thank you, thank you. That's impressive. That's impressive stuff. <laughs> yeah, the wife says and appreciated all that. Like, he's happy the first couple of times, and then it's like, ah. Oh. Now it's just annoying. Now, now you're just annoying. <laughs> Go out to the shed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess we can, we should just fast forward. You just said you got a new heart. So when yeah. we talked to you, you were on. You had the LBAD. You know, this thing was basically doing your heart work for you. 
And then you, you, got on the, you, and you got on the transplant list, which is what actually gave you the LVAD, which was keeping your heart healthy or bringing it to a place where getting a full heart transplant would be safer, I guess? Like that, was that the idea of the LVAD? Well, the LVAD's not a... In Canada, it's a bridge to therapy. That's what they call it. Whereas in America, it can be destination therapy. So basically in America... What, what does that mean? What? Yeah, so in America, if you're poor and you can't afford a transplant, they'll throw an LVAD in you until you die. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're just... Like, the de- like, like destination death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, destination. Okay. <laughs> That's the plight. Like final destination. <laughs> in Canada, uh, what the, you can't qualify for... I'm, now, I'm quite certain this is the way it is. It, you, it was when I got my LVAD. You can't qualify for an LVAD if you don't qualify for a new heart. They're not going to... Like, if you're a piece of shit and you're not going to take care of yourself... They're not going to give you an LVAD neither, because that's a million dollars. You know what I mean? A million dollars? The LVAD is a million dollars? Well, the, the machine itself, I think, is like 100000 or something like that. And then when you look at the surgery and the post-op care and all that stuff. Yeah, like everything total. Yeah, everything that. in total, right? Well, the think, uh, wasn't 50% of the cost of that the Gucci... Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Gucci yeah, fanny pack. The, Gucci, yeah. <laughs> the rhinestone holder. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> no. yours is decked out. <laughs> did they have to tell you? Like, did they tell you like, when, when you're, when you're going to get that? Are they like, yo, if we're going to give this to you, like, they expect... They expect you to like treat yourself in a certain way because you're getting it. Um, well, no. Well, it was I was so sick when I got that. Like, it, it, yeah, like there, I had quit drinking and um, drugs and everything. Well, I, I wasn't a heavy drug user. Do you want to drink now? <laughs> I mean, you got a new heart. <laughs> yeah, I, I can have a beer. Get this uh, man a beer. Get this man a beer. Yeah. Please. Yeah, no. Like, uh, I, I I used to smoke marijuana. That was it. Mushrooms. Um, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> used to smoke mushrooms? That's not how you do it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and drink. Those were, those were the things I did. I never did, like, a cocaine or ecstasy or anything like that. Were you, were you ever, like, you know how sometimes when you do drugs, like, you get paranoid about, like, your heart or, like, your breathing or things like that? Oh, yeah, did, yeah. Did, did that trip you up because you knew that you had this, like, heart condition since you were a kid? Well, no, like, that's the thing. Like, the first couple times, you kind of get used to it afterwards, right? Like, uh, I never did mushrooms while I had the LVAD because I was scared yeah, I'd throw yeah, it across the room or something. Right? I'm like, ah! <laughs> like, get really scared of it? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where's my pulse? Uh, <laughs> it's in the living room. <laughs> yeah. I, these I wicked awesome pupils. My, my favorite thing about your LVAD was when, uh, when we first spoke to you, you, you did this thing that was, like, really endearing and comforting at the same time you took oh, yeah. uh, you took our heads and like gently pulled them against your chest yeah, sure. and held them against uh your your chest so that we could hear <laughs> the sound of the machine whirring but when you like when you just cupped our heads gently like that and pulled us in it was like it was this so it, it honestly was the most like loving it was like that and, it and, sounded then, like and, then, and then your ear goes against your chest yeah and you just hear Ah, uh, <laughs> uh. and then I'm like, "Why are you doing that?" <laughs> then the old jogging pants got tight, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you still on his Viagra prescription, or was he? <laughs> so, so the the LVAD does its it does the work that it, it should have done. Yeah, and and some people it doesn't work for neither, right? Like, there's another gentleman. Like, uh, I meet once a month with a bunch of people who already had uh, heart transplants. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a group of us, we're kind of gangsta like that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you guys have jackets. <laughs> Mopeds, the whole issue, right? But, uh, well, I'm the only one under 50. But anyways, uh, um, yeah, like one gentleman, the LVAD only worked for him for like six months, and he was in and out of the hospital the whole time. Oh, wow. And he had to get his heart, like, super quick. Why would it? the LVAD not work? 
I'm not quite sure what his problems were, but like, it, it, there's risk of infections um, because you have a foreign object in your body. Right. There's issues of blood clots. Yeah. Uh, like I was on a blood thinner the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like one time I had a nosebleed for two days. And oh, I had to get my oh. nose packed. Like, that was horrible, right? That was oh, the worst. Dude, thing. Oh, packing, yeah. no, getting your nose packed is... I've had that. Yeah. I've had, I've had sinus surgery uh, five times now, and every time they pack your nose. And, and the, I remember the first time I came out of the surgery, and they were like, uh, okay, so, you know, the surgery went well, but there's packing in your nose. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, oh, well, we just kind of... We put some stuff in there to, to just, I don't know, like fucking keep your sinuses from falling out of your face or whatever and I was like oh okay Basic. cool like I just figured and I, I would feel it and it's like there's a little bit of build up of um, it, was, it felt like gauze I was like oh yeah sure I guess it's, there's like a little bit of tissue in my nose and then the day they were like you're good to go home so we're gonna take the packing out and I was like okay and it was this nurse and she goes okay it's gonna feel really weird and I was like oh what and then she's like count to three and I'm like one and she just starts pulling and she, it was like... Um, the magician sleeve. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, here we go. It's, it's almost out. I'm like... <laughs> it's, and the feeling of like unpacking your nose. Oh. It's this like... Would it not be satisfying? Like really like relieving? It, no. But like I'm thinking about it now and I'm kind of like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think because I was so surprised that there was... I mean, she pulled out... Well, A, it looked like she pulled out, a, like, just a ton of condoms that were all mashed together. And and it it was, like, this fucking long, it felt like. I, I, I mean, my memory could be wrong, but, like, it was... it. I mean, that shit was in there, and, like, uh, it covered my whole brain. <laughs> it went down my spine. Like, it was so much. That's crazy. Such a fucking crazy feeling. Yeah, well, the whole right side of my head was aching the whole time, right? Like, my, I thought my cheekbone was going to explode and, like, the side of my head, right? Yeah. Pretty brutal, yeah. So you, you get the, you, you know, the LVAD does do the trick. Uh, you get to a point where they go, all right, you're green lit. We're going to give you a brand new heart. Um, what's that process of, like... A heart, I, I still, to, you know, we've met people that have had lung transplants. We've met people that have had, fuck, their entire, like, organ, all their organs pulled out and, and, and just a bucket of chemo poured into their, their, their body cavity and washed out and sucked out. And, and I, every time I hear these types of things, I'm just, like, blown away that we have this, we've, we've, we've gotten to a point in, civilization in, in like, you know, our, our existence where we can do these crazy things. But the idea of taking out your heart and taking some dead person's heart that is like fresh enough to stick in you, that is, that fucking blows it's my fucking, mind. It's crazy. It's what's that process like? And, and is there, is it just a blur? Yeah, no, like I say, I was, I was prepared to wait for over a year for, for the call, right? And, um, and uh, I listed, like I say, May 29th, and I got the call on June 15th. And it was just, they, here in Alberta, they do the transplants in Edmonton. So uh, I was actually... Was well, uh, Calgary not cool enough or what? Not really. Um, <laughs> they'll do like fiddly ass kidneys wow. and shit in Calgary, right? But I- <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing hearts. Does that sting? I feel like you guys in Edmonton are like in a really bad like family feud. <laughs> you know what though? Uh, it's funny because before the show we were talking and I was, I was telling you about our, our friend Jamie who just had a set of lungs um, put in and, and you were saying lungs are actually harder than uh, heart. 
So oh, really? Do they do lungs in Calgary, and that's why they do hearts in Edmonton? No, I, I think they do. No, <laughs> the smarter people are in Calgary. <laughs> I think it's just uh, Brian's yeah, really trying to suck up to the Calgary crowd. Like <laughs> I was trying. They lungs, saw it right? You guys do lungs, right? No, they probably do because uh, cardiovascular is very much linked together, right? Yeah. Because right. yeah, because even like um, yeah, how do I like uh, there is still. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain it properly, so I'm not going to bother trying. The, the real but, question, uh, I, the real question <laughs> I actually had was, uh, so Jamie had a couple calls initially where they were like false, false calls, and uh, I'm wondering if you had any false calls before you got your actual one, or did they just call and say, "No, is it? yeah, no." Like for me, it was just so quick, right? It was like two weeks. Like I say, I was in the backyard doing yard work with my daughter, and well, she was just picking dandelions. But anyways. Um, <laughs> she was with me the cutest, the cutest thing I've ever heard <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah And I got the call And I didn't really even believe it Right My wife was at the uh, soccer field With my other daughter And I'm texting her to come home And then she's trying to call me And I'm talking to the transplant guy On the phone And she's like No just come home Anyways uh, Yeah so that was at like 1040 And we were in Edmonton uh, he, They wanted me there for five I think So uh, we had oh, that, so, Sorry I mean it's real quick Because again Because that heart That they're deciding to put in you, it... Like it's a shelf life. Yeah, yeah. Well, it only has I, I assume the guy was still alive. Like, he was probably had brain, brain trauma or something, oh. and he was still laying there in the hospital. Because, yeah, you have six hours from, from someone, from the heart stopping to getting it going again. That's the... Six wow, hours, That's the dude, window, right? That is... Not as an only fucking crazy that we can do that surgery, period, but that it's like, we have six... Like, let's just... Let's wow. just make that more insane by yeah. giving a six-hour time frame. Yeah, like one of the gentlemen in, in the uh, the moped jacket heart transplant club. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Coolest club in Calgary. <laughs> he got his heart from Quebec, and that's the furthest we can get a heart from in Calgary, right? So his they heart send it on like a plane. Yeah, they, right? yeah. Whoa, coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So, so for me, yeah, I dare say, and he was like seventy years old, right? So they take more risks with older people. Because, wait, your heart is seventy. <laughs> no, years no, old? mine's not. I'm saying the other guy who got the Quebec heart. Because oh, okay. yeah, like whatever, right? Oh, okay. The guy who got it was yeah. 70. He should just be happy. Yeah, right. Living past very, seventy, very much so. Uh, <laughs> past seventy is looking pretty good. So, so you, so you get that. What's the turnaround time for you? You got the call when, and they wanted you there at five. Yeah, ten forty. I still remember like looking at my clock. But yeah, and we were out of the house on the road by eleven thirty. Holy oh, shit! Yeah. What did you, what'd you do with your daughters? Like. Well, we our bathroom locks, so we just, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You just put a food bowl, Here, honey, like a food and water bowl on the ground. The toilet's clean. Drink out of that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, there's a like our day home. The the lady that takes care of them down the street. She was very like when I when I went on the list. That's the thing. I had to make contingency plans for everything. Mm. Where when I got the call, right? If I got the call in right. the middle of the night, this is who I call for my kids. If I get the call in the middle of the afternoon or at f- supper time, whatever, I had like five different scenarios played out. Wow. Yeah, but um, I think it's like the same as like like a, like a like a woman who's going to go into labor. They're like, like, where am I going to be? What's going to yeah. happen? Like, fucking having plans in place to get there and do it. Big deal, labor. Um, <laughs> Burn. <laughs> I, lo- I love how you say that in a room. I can't see. I can't see any of you, but I'm guessing it's like ninety percent women here. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no. Well, we had two children. Like I coached my wife through labor twice, so I know what it's all about. Like. <laughs> The first, I'm a great coach. Tomatoes, <laughs> tomatoes are being thrown onto the stage. Her first, our first child, drug free, four and a half hours. 
Our second child, I got her down to an hour and a half. <laughs> you got her down. You got her down. I, for, he takes full credit. He takes I'm very full credit. Motivational when I want to do. <laughs> I'm pretty much a doula. I'm a doula. <laughs> I'm pretty much a doula. <laughs> I'm pretty much it. a doula. All doulas wear Run DMC shirts. I'm telling you right now. All the good ones. That's your doula. That's the doula club. Yeah. And this is your outfit. This is your uniform. I, so you you I, I you, you hop in the car and like do you you. Do you race up there, or is it? Or is uh, it like- well, my wife drove. Obviously, like I couldn't. Uh, I, I was in no mind frame to drive. I just. Uh- just listen to Ice Cube most of the way. Were you, were you <laughs> talking out for my surgery? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were, you, were you were you nervous? Like, yeah, it, oh it's, a, it's just a weird feeling. It's nervous is an excitement, right? And like, I didn't want to talk. Like, I just wanted. I, I had my head down the whole time, like headphones on, just listening to tunes. And then once in a while, I pick up my head and I I'd like I called my mom at one point. I called my brother at a point. You know, and it's just. Um, just trying to keep your head focused into what's about to happen, right? And yeah. I still had to be prepared for the false call, right? Like, I could have got to Edmonton, and they'd be like, oh, sorry, this one's not going to work for you, right. right? So I had to be ready for that as well, right? So Is, is, something, is, is death something that's on your mind in that moment? Or? No, I, I never... See, I've been dealing with this so long, and I, I, I know the process so much. I understand that... Uh, yeah, like, it's not the guy changing tires at Costco, right? Like, uh, <laughs> this guy's at the top of his game that's going to be doing this, you know? So, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, and everything's just done so professionally at this point in the healthcare system, right? Like, uh, like I said before, you know, if, you, if you're a 30-year-old with a bum knee, well, yeah, you might have to wait six months or something, but when you get yeah. to this level, it's the cream of the crop that's taking yeah, care of you, Yeah, you got to right? put your so, trust in it. So yeah. you get there, and, and what's the process? Like, are they, they're just like, all right, follow us, lay down, you're asleep. You wake up, boom, heart, or? Yeah, kind of, basically. I went in through admitting, um, and uh, then uh, just a few little prep things, I think, and um, I met the surgeon briefly, and uh, yeah, that was about it, and then wheeled me in, right? Like, uh, to be honest, like, I don't remember a whole bunch. What's the, what, like, so again, coming back to, um, you know, I, I, have you guys ever been put under like full on surgery? Put under? Yeah, yeah. like wisdom, like wisdom teeth. I was okay, yeah, sure. Was was the, yeah. My appendix. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, you know that process of like coming out of anesthetic is all is always I, I've found a really weird, bizarre experience. Um, when you come to like the first thing you remember, what what was that? Like what was that experience like of of waking up? with a brand new heart inside your body? Uh, I didn't... Well, like you say, when you first come out of it, you're still all messed up from the drugs, right? Like, um, I don't remember the first couple times I woke up, right? Like, my, uh, my sister was telling me the first time I woke up, I started, started doing this. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm exercising. I'm working on my new heart, right? <laughs> Just get the that was my whole, like, I was really sick, like, for... Since when I went into heart failure at the age of 33... I, uh, my heart only bounced back to like 18%. So there was, b- before the LVAD, I had no energy at all. I was pale all the time. My blood pressure was like 82 over 55. Or, like I had no energy all the time. I still had a daughter. I still worked. You know, I was beat all the time. And I was just so excited to get to where I am right now, right? To get the new heart. And I just want to do so much now that I have it, right? But yeah, like the first couple of times, I was just fading in and out. And then um, 36 hours after transplant, I walked. 
I went for a walk. Holy uh, shit. 36 hours? Yeah, I was on my feet. Do you have what? physio? Do you have any physio people come in that are like, we're going to, you know, c- like get you around and see if you need a walker and shit? Oh, like yeah. That? Yeah. Well, like, the first walk was with a walker and it was with the physio lady. Yeah. They didn't push me, but, but it's what I wanted to do, right? Like, um, within a week, I did three, three squats consecutively. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, you're like Rocky at the top of the stairs. Like, yeah. what, what do they do, what What do they tell you is the expected like recovery time for that? They're like, like I have no idea. When you say that you walked 36 hours, I'm like, the, it. The fact that you're telling me sounds impressive, but I have no idea what to expect. So, like, what would be normal? For uh, well, it varies, right? Case by case. Like uh, one one lady who's in the uh, transplant uh, moped jacket club. Uh, <laughs> no, um, she was like. I think six weeks before she got out of bed or two weeks or something like, and she had to have a, um, a, uh, an external pacemaker hooked up for like two weeks or something. So I, I had the external pacemaker as well. It was just like a big thing like this. And then I had uh, just the leads hanging out of my stomach and they just, it was just for precautionary. I never, it never went off for me, but I had to wear it for like a week or something. Um, Did you yeah. wake up and you were like, what the fuck is this piece of technology? Was, <laughs> I thought I got rid of mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, kind of, I guess. Yeah. But, um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, um, yeah, like I say, everyone's recovery is different. Mine is, I, I would put myself in the top 10%, I think, from the stories I hear. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. doing really good. Um, like, some of the, I took care of myself very well when I had the LVAD as well. Like, um, hydration is key. Like, uh, a lot of people don't understand that. Like, uh, even for depression and stuff like that, hydration is so important to your body. And that was one of the things they complimented me on my kidneys. The doctors yeah. in Edmonton are like, oh, your kidney function is so great. This is awesome. Like, you're going to absorb the drugs properly. Everything's like that's going to happen. For you're the water of- champ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the, uh, what, what kind of, what kind of issues did, have you run into since you had your heart? Like, I know that we, well, well, we were going to do an episode in Halifax. Yeah. Like, right before we left to be on this tour. And then that didn't work out because you couldn't travel. Yeah. No, initially, my biggest, my biggest thing was when I was still in the hospital, because um, my heart is now what's called denerved. So everybody in this room has a linkage between their brain and their heart. This tells you that you just stood up and your heart will start beating accordingly. You just sat down, it'll slow down accordingly. It tells you when you're in love. It tells you all those things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. All the emotions uh, of the heart. So uh, I don't have that anymore. So warm-ups and cool-downs are super important for me. Like when I do any amount of exercise, my heart will... But what my heart speeds up and cools down now off of is uh, hormones. So your, your muscles produce hormones. So my heart gets triggered by the hormones. That's right. Why. So it's like a delayed, it's like a yeah. way delayed response. Well, yeah, no, I do a joke now about uh, like how everybody in this room has like Telus Fiber 300 <laughs> network and I have like 96 dial-up, right? So <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that because they can't, they don't have the ability you know what to I'm like saying? connect all of those yeah. back in there? Some people, it has, there has been cases where the, um, the nervous system does heal back up. But uh, I don't expect that to happen. But I'm a lot... So what I was getting at, the first hurdle I had was in the hospital. I'd go for a walk around the unit. Then I would sit down, and my blood pressure would just go berserk Mm. because my heart is still beating at 115 beats per minute, but I'm not doing anything. So all my muscles are shutting. There's no calling for the blood, right? So they had... At one point, my blood pressure was like 200 over 120. And I still had like a tube in my neck. So they um, they would inject me with this stuff that dilates all my vessels. So it would take the pressure off, so it would, it would open the flow for, for the blood to enter my muscles and everything, Whoa. right? Did so, that feel like, because when you're, when you're exercising, like a high heart rate doesn't feel overwhelming because it feels it's necessary for you to keep doing what you're doing. But when you're sitting down and your muscles aren't, they're like, hey, yo, chill the fuck out. Are you like, is it, is it almost panic inducing to have that heart rate still be fucking? Oh, well, yeah, no, like my face was on fire. Like my <laughs> blood pressure was so high. My, I was sweating. My face was on fire. I had like a screaming headache. 
And uh, yeah, no, I was really, really scared. And this happened to me like five times until it kind of worked its way out, right? Did it like, did like, was it like, did you get anxious and, and shit about it? Or? Well, no, my heart was just going crazy. I was, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was very stressful, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Um, Cause yeah, like I like I said, my head was just pounding. I was sweating. My face was super hot. Yeah. So and then they would slam me with that uh, whatever it was that um, that dilated everything, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and my heart would eventually cool down. And then I would just uh, lay in bed for the rest of the night and when, chill out. When was the surgery? Uh, June fifteenth. June fifteenth. All right. And we're what's the date today? September twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Like just yeah. over three months. So okay. So at when does it start to? When did you start to feel like? Like, oh, my heart is, my heart is starting to feel, like, I start to feel, like, uh, normal again. Like, what, like, when did you start to feel like, oh, yeah, this is my heart? You know, everything feels normal. Everything feels safe. Well, I'm still not, I don't still feel 100%, but um, I got on stage again. I, I, I um, did the weekend at Yuck Yucks in Calgary here, July 8th and 9th, I believe. So, Whoa. like, within We're back three at weeks. It quick. Yeah. How was that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I was a bit shaky. Well, the hardest part still is the drugs for me, right? Like, um, um, I'm on a lot of heavy drugs, right? So my mental capacity. Some like I was very forgetful on stage. I had to bring a set list, which I never do. Right. Um, so it was those little things. Uh, I get the shakes really bad from one of my drugs. So. Yeah, like even now, I, I've performed tons since then. Like I headlined uh, shows last weekend, right? And if I get the shakes or something, just I just anchor myself on stage. Like I'll lean against the wall. Or are you on those drugs? Well, is that are there any drugs that you're going to have to be on indefinitely? Or yeah, um, like one guy that I know that's had a transplant like 25 years ago. He's only on one drug now called tacrolimus, and uh, I take I take a pretty high dosage of that still. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst one right now for me is prednisone. I don't know, like people in this room probably took prednisone before. Yeah, steroid. Yeah, it's a steroid. But I, w- I started out at 120 milligrams. Was that high? That's very high, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a, there was a couple people in the audience that were like, whoa. Oh, Who, yeah. Who's been on prednisone? Got some hands in the back. It's hard to see anybody. Who's but- jacked up on steroids? What does it, uh, what, what it do? I've heard, I've heard a lot. We've, we've heard quite a few complaints about prednisone. I can't remember exactly well, what, what they are. Some, like, for me, I always, like I, when I was talking about mushrooms earlier, I always react good on drugs. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) this one not so much (laughs) a lot of people get depressed or angry like very angry when they're on prednisone uh i got happy i was like bradley cooper and limitless right (laughs) my brain was just on fire man i was i was writing i had like six pages open on my laptop just i was planning tours i was buying an airstream i was i was doing everything right (laughs) like an airstream (laughs) like three days after a transplant i'm just i would sleep for like an hour a day that was it right like i was just buzzing i was just I was just on fire. Holy was, shit. was there part of you? I know that you said you didn't really consider. But you like, said you. Sorry, that, sorry, Brian. Just not sorry, not to interrupt you, right? But okay. you said you were. But you said you were. <laughs> but you said you had a lot of trouble with prednisone. Well, no, it, it's like right now I got like I have pimples on my back and stuff, right? Like, uh, and it, it makes it's waves. Like uh, at that point in time, like I say, it. Um, yeah, it made me like that. And that wasn't a really necessarily a good thing neither, right? Sure. It made me somewhat delusional. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, By uh, an airstream. But even <laughs> now, like, uh, my ligaments, like, I started to do, to do a, a couch to 5K, and my knees can't hack it. Right. And my weight is a reason, but the prednisone would be another reason, right? Yeah. So the quicker I can get off that drug, and I'm doing very good, and they, they, 
they're going to take me off quicker than expected. So that's sweet. That's I, good. Uh, what I was going to ask was, I know that you mentioned that you you said that you didn't really consider like your mortality when when you were going into the transplant. But after the transplant, was did you have like any sort of like renewed sense of like life or like oh I got like my second chance or I had now that I have my new heart like I want to I want to live life to the fullest type of thing. Oh yeah, well no, that's more like my wife's calling it a midlife crisis, right? Because uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the whole airstream thing was to buy one that was uh, needs to be gutted and renovated, right? Oh, so, you were like you were legit on. A, I was on Craigslist down in Phoenix, like trying to find an air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and yeah, that's what I wanted to be my winter project, right? Is just to work on the. Your airstream. wife was like, "This will pass. This will pass." <laughs> but yeah, no, it's the same as I want to do a, a two week uh, vacation in Costa Rica by myself, like with no one, just to be because I've been caged for so long, right? I just want, yeah, yeah. Two kids and wipe. They're all wet blankets. And uh, <laughs> just can't enjoy myself with <laughs> He's a stand-up comedian. Them. Come you on. You don't know them. <laughs> you don't know what I live with. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now, what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. One thing I am I am pretty curious about is, um, and you, you've kind of alluded to this, and Brian, you've kind of touched on it a little bit too, but, you know, there's, I think there's a lot to be said for, um, I, I know personally, like, when I go through uh, hospital admissions, I've never been through transplant, n- nothing that serious, and, and that is something that I, I think that is um, uh, very likely for me to go through at some point in the next, like, you know, X amount of years, probably sooner than later. Um, and one thing that, that does scare me a little bit is the, the mental aspect of going through something like, you know, a double lung transplant. Um, I, I can only imagine that there's, you know, I feel like that, I, I think about it as like the, um, uh, it's the American Ninja Warrior of, of, of like mental health going through something so so invasive and so intense in terms of like a surgery like a, a, a transplant have you is there a side of this that that you've had to deal with in terms of like your own mental health of, yeah no, of getting a new heart you know yeah no there's there's the um the thought that someone got robbed of their life so I can continue mine that was something that I had a right. I had prepared myself for it but after post-surgery, you're also very emotional just with what you went through and, and you're beat up and, you know, you're, you're on these drugs and, and you're recovering. And, and I had, a, I had a, uh, you know, a, a rough time with that, thinking about the donor and the donor's family. And, um, do, you, do you get any, like, I, I've actually never talked to anyone about this part of the, the donor program. Do you, are you given any info about whose heart that was or, you know, what that life was before it was given to you? No, um, the only thing, look, I, they won't tell you anything. Like when I was on the phone with the, um, with the, uh, the guy that, 
called me for the heart, and I was like, okay, can you tell me anything about it? He was like, no. Um, he said, it looks to be a pretty good match. I said, can you tell me if it's male or female? Or he's like, and he kind of laughed. He said, if it's a woman, she's quite the tank. Uh, <laughs> I'm 250 pounds, right? So, yeah. anyways, uh, <laughs> that'd be a big gal. Um, <laughs> what to say Fuck. Uh, but like I, I mean I, I kind of I get where you're I get where you're going with that like I feel like I would I feel like I would be I would be dying to know like do you feel like you would feel better knowing information about the person that has literally saved your life uh, I, I or wanna, do you think you'd be better off not knowing anything? no I, I well what happens is at the six month mark I, well, I can, I, I can write a letter now if I want, but at the six-month mark, me and my team will start discussing it, and I'll write a letter that goes to the, the transplanter or the, 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 the donor's, donor's. Um, yeah, the donor's family, and um, my team will review the letter, then the donor's team will review the letter, and they'll take out anything that I shouldn't have said, and then they'll give it to them, and then they'll look at it and say, okay, we want to write them back. And if it goes back and forth two times, then we can meet. Two and, times. Oh, yeah. Wow, wow. And I really hope that I get to meet them. You know and, what you should for sure say is, she must have been a tank. Because I'm sure, <laughs> I am sure that will go That'll over go really over well. Super well. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and yeah, and like I say, I just want, um, because, um, yeah, when I, was, when I was 20 years old, I had, a, I had a sister who passed away prematurely at the age of 29. And she had two children. And, um... Luckily, our family is able to see her through those children, right? So, look, I don't know. My donor could have been 18 years old. He could have been 30. I don't know. Maybe he didn't have anybody else. So, look, I, I, I want his or their parents to see my family and, what, and be a part of my family. Like, be quasi-grandparents if they want. Whatever they want, I want to give to them as much as possible yeah. to help with their loss, right? That's, that's what yeah. I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like that is like that is the kind of the, the beautiful thing about transplant. Like, you know, I, I don't know what any other province is doing. Nova Scotia just recently uh, in the past, I think it was maybe six months ago or less. It was this year. This, yeah. this year sometime in 2019 where uh, it became opt out for for transplant. Oh, yeah. sorry, for, for organ donation. Yeah, and, and, and that's why you had mentioned uh, setbacks or whatever. I was supposed to be in Nova Scotia performing for the debaters, and that was going to be the topic, opt out. Uh, opt out of uh, organ donors me and Nikki Payne were going to discuss that and um, yeah the whole reason I couldn't go was I was I was going to the gym a little too hard in the last couple of months and I ended up because uh, my sternum is wired shut so there's like wire hoops holding my sternum Whoa. together can, I, can we like can we see can I see the scar like can, can you show me yeah oh whoa whoa that's a big whoa. one can you can you show everybody else like <laughs> take your they shirt wanna off they want to know they want to know <laughs> show, show them, I like because I, well, I, I well, I'm not in very good shape. Oh, uh, what? Hey, <laughs> man, you got a heart Whatever. transplant. <laughs> you, you just said you were working out too hard. Yeah. Whoa. So. Whoa. So I, I, I would have figured that that would have been a lot fucking bigger. Like they. Hold That's on. That's a huge scar. Hold on. I thought that scar would have been bigger than that because they gotta go. They gotta open up your sternum. And I'm guessing they gotta go like, crack, you know, crack you open. I bet that's exactly how they do it. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, they, yeah somebody. Well, just no, the, no, I, I believe that's the way it is. Because the first time when I, because that's my second open heart surgery, right? 
for the Elved, they cut me as well. Like oh, if you look closely, yeah. oh, you can yeah. see I got the two scars. Right. Um, yeah. So and that's what I had. A, I had something wrong with my back after, like my rib kind of dislocated or something, right? And that's what the surgeon told me. I was like, man, my back's sore. And he kind of laughed. He's like, yeah, well, you're pretty hard to rip open. Like <laughs> we're reefing on you like a book, right? So fuck, Holy that's crazy. So, shit. Yeah, like you know. Yeah. So. I I couldn't imagine. Like there must be an incredible amount of training that goes into like uh, like surgeons who who. Who do those surgeries? Like, can yeah, you they're imagine? clearly all going to CrossFit, Brian. Is that? <laughs> not what I, was I see what you're doing, Brian. You're sneakily not. trying to tell everybody that you go to CrossFit. I was not gonna, it wasn't going to be anything. Uh, what I was going to say is, is could you imagine, as somebody with no medical experience at all, having a body on a table in front of you and having it opened up and being like, "Holy shit." I have to remove things and put it back so it works. Still. Somebody with no medical experience? I can't <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> I can't Wouldn't that be crazy? That, yeah, it would be crazy. It would be crazy. Which, which then you think of how much training is involved with actually yeah. getting to the point oh, where you're no. like, yeah, yeah. a yes, lot. Okay, here we yeah, go. a lot. Well, I was thinking, like, uh, talking about like, pre-surgery. Um, the surgeon that did the uh, Dr. Myers... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he was actually in Kelowna at his daughter's soccer game when he got the call that he was going to fly to Edmonton and do my surgery. Whoa. Yeah, so that's, a, you got to, okay, like, I got to go and prepare for uh, the surgery, like, to be uh, opened up in a transplant, but he has to prepare to hold a 38-year-old man's life in his hands in yeah. three hours, you know what I mean? Like, the, my stress is nothing compared to his stress. It's a crazy relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, like, it also is pretty wild to think that, like, all of these moving pieces that, you know, there's all these people that have their own lives. They're doing their own thing. And then, you know, boom, the call comes in and all these people just have to come together. I mean, that, that's wild that he was so far, I mean, so far away. Cologne is, I guess, kind of Well, it was just a, like a two-hour the Edmonton or whatever, right? Yeah. But, like, going into surgery, he, he came and he looked over me and I made a little joke, right? Hoping to get a smirk or a smile out of him just to relax him. That's, that's what I'm thinking the whole time. Like, oh, let's make sure this guy. I'm a comedian. <laughs> yeah, I'll loosen him up. <laughs> let's loosen him up before. And he didn't even crack. Like, he just kept on looking straight ahead. It's like, okay, he's pitching game seven in the World Series, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah he's like, like, just that mind frame. You know? He's like, literally dude. like, Adam, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm trying like, to focus. No drugs for you. <laughs> would you like me to do this? Well, yeah. It's like the entire time here, uh, on the way here, I was listening to Ice Cube in my headphones with my headband. Yeah. You're like, yeah. me too. Oh my God, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. No Vaseline gets me pumped. It, but did you have any, like, did you have any um, uh, questions from people post-surgery that, that kind of, like, made, you know, it's like, you go through this process, I don't think people understand, you know, some of us think, I know I'm sitting here, you're telling me that you were, you're on your feet and doing things 36 hours later or whatever you, whatever you said. I don't remember. I, I don't get enough oxygen. Uh, but, you know, but, but maybe somebody hears that, that, that you're, you know, 36 hours later, you're on, on your feet. D- did anyone come up to you and be like, oh, good, you're, so you're good to go? Like, what's, what's next? Like, did you have... Well, no, we'll be, like, I'd be like a, like a week after something, right? And be, oh, do you feel a lot better? Like, no, I feel like a horse has kicked me in the yeah. chest, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> You know, it's not a it's not a switch, right? And and um, and then the, you get these other weirdos. What about spiritually? Do you feel the other? Per- no, no it's a- <laughs> I'm here. I'm alive. It's you fantastic. big dummy! It, the heart's just another organ. What if, oh. if I got a liver transplant? Do you think I'd feel any feel the person Fuck. fucking love her as well? You know what I mean? Like, I I I now feel real stupid because that was going to be my next question. Was like, <laughs> how do you feel spiritually? Well, about yeah, the whole I was, I was I, honestly I was going to be like, do you have any urges that you never had before? Or like, well, I didn't think you were. 
that good looking the first time, but now it's, uh, <laughs> now that I think about it, <laughs> this new the urge is there. In it. What's uh, up? <laughs> uh, like just like to go back to to go back to the the organ donation thing. I mean, like just to kind of put a a bit of a an a, like an emphatic point on that. Like, I mean. I don't know what I don't know. I'm assuming it's not an opt out thing here in Alberta, or, or I don't think it is in many other places. But it, like, is it? No, it, Nova Scotia was the ver- think, first jurisdiction the first in, in North America. I mean, okay. like that shit is. You know, if you if you haven't, you know, you're welcome to do whatever the fuck you want to do. But I mean, you know, Adam's here because of you know somebody checked the box and super super important and like literally the the gift of life. So, like, something really serious to consider. If you haven't already... Not, not, to, not to put you on the spot, but I'm going to yeah. put you on the spot. By a round of applause, how many people in this room have made that, that decision? That, like, yes, I, I am willing, and I have, like, checked that box to say, you can take... Whoa. Yeah, that's quite a view. Everyone else, get out. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? Benefit of the doubt. I, I before well before Nova Scotia was opt out. I have been on. I have checked that box on my. I think you do it when you get your driver's license um, at, when you renew it every time. But um, for the longest time, I didn't, and it wasn't because I didn't want to. It's just because I I just didn't. You just didn't even and, know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it 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 had. It took somebody to go. Yo, have, did you do that for me to for me to go? Oh fuck! Like I haven't, but I. I, I want to. And the whole thing about the whole the opt-out process is the, just because you didn't opt out doesn't mean they're going to take your organs as soon as you stop breathing. No. Mm-hmm. They can't remove your organs without the consent of your next of kin. Even if you check the box, like even you as a donor, they're still going to ask your girlfriend or your wife or whoever right. is your next of kin, can we take Taylor's organs? Yeah. That's, that's the protocol. So opt-out doesn't really matter. The thing that I really like about the opt-out and the Nova Scotia government doing it is everyone got all riled up and started talking about it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So now everyone's talking about organ donation and becoming aware of it, right? And yeah. that's the whole thing. Because like, how many people do you... Like, you guys are in this business, so you meet a lot of people who's had transplants of some sort, but the average person does not know someone who has had a transplant, but they know someone with cancer or they know someone with... Um, you we have, a, we have yeah. a guest. We have a we had a guest, uh, Adrian McLean, who was on the show not that long ago. Um, oh, has, this has is some, fucking has some, crazy. Has, a, has a, a, like a, a lot of liver issues. Um, I, I can't remember the uh, the the name of the disease off the top of my head. And POC, his, I think his brother, his twin, his twin brother has the has the has the exact same. No, not POC. Has the exact same thing, and <laughs> he was looking. He his was accelerated. He's looking for a a, li- a new liver, and. Uh, looking for a match, looking for a match, looking for a match, like putting it out there. We put the word out there saying, you know, like go and see and get tested uh, to see if you can, you can donate your, your liver and you have to join a, a list and all this stuff. And, and here, and I'm, I'll let you finish this, but here's the crazy part about all of that is that the person who would have been the match for him, it was a very rare match. It was like, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't like anybody in this room could go, oh, well, I'll give him my, my liver. Yeah. Like, I, you know, yeah, it's I don't, not random. you can take, the, the crazy thing about liver transplant is like anybody in this room could go, oh, well, you can, you can have my liver. Uh, they'll take 75% of your liver. I mean, don't and hold me on this. Something like that. It'll but grow back. Your liver will grow back. But the, for, for it to be a match for him specifically, like the odds of the match were very, very, very slim. It had to be like a very unique special individual on the planet that would make this match possible. And it turns out that it's his girlfriend. Is, is, and is, she's, she's gone, she's all right, I'm going to yeah. do it. And so and actually, I mean, this is, a, yeah. this is a bit of like an unintentional plug. Um, 
Um, his name is Devin McLean. He lives in Toronto, and um, he's he started to go fund me because him and his girlfriend are, are both both going in to have surgery to get yeah. to one to give their liver and one to get the liver. And, um, they're going to be off work for however long, like 10, 10 or 12 plus weeks. Um, so they're trying to raise some money. I don't know what the GoFundMe link is. Maybe you can find it so we can just I'll have, find have it. I'll find it. We'll put it. But up anyway, here. just yeah, something, yeah. Good, just good something good to keep your call. eye out, um, for, because yeah. that's a, yeah. that's a crazy fucking Clap situation. For them. Uh, so like where where are you where are you right now how you, how are you doing like how's uh, how's Adam on September twenty fourth pretty good um, yeah no like I say I um, I biked twelve uh, k yesterday um, nice what dude. yeah 12K? well like, I, I was working on a couch to couch to five k right like I was running dude I'm barely back on my bike for twelve k <laughs> and I fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ I'm like yeah, no, I'm, so, uh, I'm jealous well no like even there's a once again a, a guy who's had a transplant who ran marathons prior to his transplant he got his in April and I was still in the same uh, running capabilities as him and I never ran 5k straight in my life like I this is this heart is really really good I'm <laughs> what's what's that marathon heart you got a marathon heart yeah. <laughs> maybe in. who knows um, but yeah no like, like I say I'm working very hard at it I'm very motivated um, is there a sense that you want to like? Is the, maybe this is kind of in that ho- hokey area? That, but is there a sense that you want to do right by that, like by that heart? Oh, for sure, yeah, and and that's what I mean by bringing his family or their family into my family, right? Like I want, I want to make them feel as whole as possible about the whole situation, mm-hmm. and maybe they won't want anything to do with me. Maybe they're yeah. still grieving. Who knows, right? Yeah. But uh, I hope that they will accept me. Yeah. Um, that would be a really like. That would be a really beautiful story. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, no, and like I say, I just, uh, it's, it's the mental game, right? Like, I've been preparing for this my whole life. Like, when I was 13 and they told me I would need a transplant someday, um, yeah, I, I was under the realization. I lived very carefree. You know, like, uh, the way I handle things mentally is a good thing and a bad thing, right? Like, um, uh, like I, if I, if I would have listened to the doctors a little more, I probably wouldn't have blown out my chest. Uh, <laughs> right. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be exercising as hard, right? Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, uh, my thing is uh, everybody in this room can suffer from depression, right? And my thing, if I'm not, if my diet isn't on point, if I'm not fully hydrated, if I'm not exercising, depression can slip in pretty quick, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I just got to keep on moving. I, I, Especially after going through something so <clears throat> traumatic. Yeah, no, and like I say, I was trying to do the couch to 5K. My <laughs> knee started hurting, so now I'm on the bike. And you got to find those, like, it's... It's very hard not to, to, especially when you're feeling really motivated. You know, I, I, I went through the same thing with my hip when I was got back off, when I got off my ass and started walking around. Like, you hit those places, you kind of have to take it a little bit, just a little touch too far to find out, like, okay, well, this is where I should be. I went there, I'll just take it back a notch. Yeah. You know, sort it out. Well, yeah, like, while I was in the hospital, I, I bought the Apple Watch, right, because it has the uh, heart monitor rate on it, yep. the beats per minute. Yeah. So, yeah, like I say, every week I would, I would raise my max... Uh, beats per minute goal, right? Because that's the thing, pushing myself. And my heart wasn't smart enough to get to that point at the start, right? Like, at the start, I was going on the treadmill and really going hard, but the most I could get was like 120, 122. Mm-hmm. My heart just wasn't recognizing to go faster, right? Yeah. So the other day, I got it up to 151. Nice, that's the, that's the highest I've been thus far, Sweet. right? So how, what, how high do you want it to go? Uh... Well, you're probably your max heart rate's probably somewhere in like the one seventy five, one eighty range. I mean, like yeah. that's like you know health, like healthy, typical like you for your age. Two hundred. 
Yeah, well, but no, the, well, I'm older though. I'm older. Yeah, than he's you, older, right? so like, it would be lower. You, you can still do it. You just have to. <laughs> I know, but I, 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 you just got to go to CrossFit. Listen to Brian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd never bring up CrossFit. It's always you guys. It would it would seem more like you guys go to CrossFit than I do. Yeah, do it for you, buddy. Yeah. Um, Adam, I want to know. You know, so we're coming to the end here, but uh, I want to know. Uh, you know, the the question that I think we asked you this when we first had, had you on the show, but I guess we'll we'll spin it a little differently. Uh, and it's very early for this question to come out. Uh, but out of everything you've been through so far, what's the biggest thing that your, your, your heart transplant has taken away from you? Um, well, that just recently, like that trip back east, right? Like my parents were unable to come out when I got my transplant. Um, my father doesn't travel very well right now. So um, I was very excited to get back and see them. And uh, it would have meant a lot to them. For me to get back there, uh, the debaters. I really want to do that show yeah. and bring more awareness to organ donors. Um, so that that was that was a pretty big pill to swallow because it was um, it was Friday afternoon. I was supposed to fly out on Sunday, and um, yeah, the X-ray showed that my chest still wasn't fully healed and I had those wires broken. So. It, it, it sucked, but uh, once again, I. I generally am able to put a positive spin on things. So, yeah, like once that happened, it was like, okay, well, maybe this would have happened to me while I was back home because I knew I was going to go hard once I was back there, right? Like I, I wanted to get into the ocean again. I want to get out on the sea dews and shit, right? And, yeah. And, um, yeah, so maybe I would have did something very damaging. The sea dews? Jesus oh, yeah. Christ, comedy in Calgary. <laughs> what a fucking career. You're killing it, obviously. Uh, I was going to borrow them from my brother-in-law. But anyways. Um, but, yeah, no, not being able to do that trip was pretty hard. But, no, and, and like I say, you just put a positive spin on things, right? Like, try and figure out, like, here I am with you guys now. If I was back home... I would have been in front of a much bigger audience. But anyways, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. There's still an audience. There's still an audience. <laughs> well, the... I, I was going to say, the second, say yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, um, I, I just was curious, um, as somebody who makes a living performing, when you get sick and have to you know, be in the hospital for an extended period of time and you go through your recovery and you're, you're unable to work, um, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, I just get the wife to work doubles. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked it. <laughs> no, uh, well, no, I live, uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, super frugal by any point, but I'm, I'm good with money, my money as well, right? Like, I, uh, I don't let myself get too far behind on anything. Um, I also, uh, I do, uh, I'm, I'm an electrical engineering technologist as well. So if I, I'm, I can always fall back on that. Um, yeah, and I, I've been doing that work as well throughout the years. So, so yeah, like I say, it's, it, it does suck. It, uh, it, it, it's not nice being shelved and not being able to work. And it's just such a... Like, well, that Friday that I found out my chest was broken and I couldn't fly, I still had to do a show that night, you know? So here I was in tears in the afternoon, and now I'm going to go walk on stage at Yuck Yucks and make all these people laugh, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and I dreaded dr the drive. Like, I was down in the dumps on the drive there, and then once I got on stage... Got that first laugh. It was, Lifted you back up. Yeah, yeah. It was like a drug itself, right? Yeah. And then like after the show, I felt like the king of the world again. I was like, ah, fuck it. I don't care about Nova Scotia, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, that's the thing. Like, as a comic, it's the, it's the best drug in the world is getting on stage and making people laugh, right? Like, it just makes you feel that much better. Has comedy like, always played uh, a, a role as like, a form of therapy for you? Yeah, like, I, I talk about my heart disease a lot. Like, um, so 
yeah, like I, I get things out. I I say inappropriate things at times. I do whatever, right? Like I, I'm not. Uh, you know, when I'm having my most fun, I'm not scripted. So so yeah, like I, I do say some wild shit, right? But that, that's the whole thing about do, the joy of live comedy, right? Is anything can happen. You know, any you, you should get offended. You should laugh you should disagree you should agree you know what i mean a good comic will make you think and make you feel different emotions right and um that's what i try to do Uh, (laughs) well you most certainly did that tonight um (laughs) (laughs) um, only with the broad as you should as you should should. (laughs) um uh, the the second part of the question i feel like it's a silly question to ask because I, i i really truly do feel like the answer is pretty pretty uh, obvious but what what's the biggest thing that your heart transplant's given you oh well yeah just rebirth of life right like yeah. um you know it's uh the hardest part of the whole uh, about the whole thing was was uh yeah even though like i was uh, death wasn't really on my mind just leaving the house and hugging my girls right um they're three and five so they didn't know what was going on i just said yeah daddy's going to get rid of his machine and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, so we can spray you with the hose now. Yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking little asshole. You know what I mean? Oh, my three-year-old, she's nasty. But anyways, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was the, that, what was the question again? Well, it, 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 you know what's funny? It's, the biggest thing it's given you. And, yeah, and you, so, said, you said so nonchalantly, oh, just a rebirth of life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah like, just oh, that. Okay. Just that. Well, yeah, no, and it's... Uh, and, and, just being able to do things with them again that I couldn't do, right? Like, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. It's kind of weird how to explain it all, but it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just very appreciative and very happy, and um, I just want to keep on going and going and going and doing as much as possible, right? Like I say, it's almost like a midlife crisis. I just want to travel as much as possible and get out there. And, and um, yeah, like I say, a big initiative of mine right now to keep me busy is... Um, Promoting for organ donorship, right? Yeah. And making people aware and mm-hmm. uh, just spread, trying to spread that word as much as possible. Well, I got to say, we, we are, uh, I, I can speak for the three of us when I say that we feel extraordinarily grateful that this was an option for you and that, you know, that it was, it was a success, or at least so far it has been, and that you are able to get up on the stage and make people think and make people laugh and... And selfishly, more important than anything, to be here with the three of us tonight mm-hmm. and to, to bring up this, this topic that I think is, I think, because I'm, I am one of those people that's going to need it, um, I think is so important to put that into the forefront of people's minds and to make people think about how, how important it is to to realize that you know this this vessel that you are all currently using to go through the span of your lifetime it's it's awesome and it's yours but when you come to the end of your life it's not yours it's over and and for you to give all of these little pieces of your machine to somebody else so that they can live their life is so fucking incredibly important and so I, I'm endlessly grateful that um, within the span of this year, we were able to sit down with you and talk to you where you didn't have a pulse, and now you're sitting here with a new fucking heart 
that is beating away. And if I did put my hands on your wrist, I would be able to say that, Adam, you do have a pulse right now. And I think that's the fucking coolest thing on the planet. And I want to say thank you for coming out tonight. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I just... I just want to add to that and say that I hope that you still cradle my head against your chest. <laughs> <laughs> There's always tonight. <laughs> uh, that I, I, for the sake of the recording, let's, let's cap this off the way we normally do. Yeah. Um, uh, a- Adam, thank you for, for joining us. And thank you all so much for being here. Uh, you know, not to, not to be a dead horse, but, um, you know, what we've been doing for the last four years is something that means the world to the three of us. And... These conversations are amazing for us, and we know that they mean the world to a lot of people out there who are struggling, who live with uh, you know, a variety of different illnesses, and none of that would be possible if it wasn't for you, who are here tonight. Um, you know, the, the conversations that we have mean the world to people, but what really means the most is the people out there who are there to listen, whether you're sick or whether you're completely you know, the epitome of health, like Brian here. Um, CrossFit. Uh, you, you, it's the ears that take this in and share it with others that, that truly does make a difference for the, for the people that need this in the world. And so from the bottom of my heart, your heart, your heart, and your brand new heart, thank you all so much for showing up and being a part of tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, that is all for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Adam. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.